Hello and welcome to No Direction's official PaizoCon 2019 seminar coverage in partnership with Paizo. Our coverage would not be possible without the help of our con staff, Paizo, and our patrons. Find more seminar recordings at nodirectionpodcast.com. Uh, I'm glad you guys are at PaizoCon. Thank you for joining us. Like I said, my name is Steve Help, a uh, famine of the Four Horsemen. These are my good buddies, Jill and Alan, who are amazing dungeon masters, designers, overall badass human beings in general. And we've had a lot of conversations in the last couple of days about evil characters and how to play them in games. So um, we each have some thoughts on this, but the first thing I want to ask is kind of because I want to get a kind of gauge for our audience. How many of you are the GM typically where you guys are gaming? Okay, so more players than GMs, but it's kind of close to a 50-50 split. Because we're going to talk more about the actual... This is useful for GMs too, I think. But we're going to talk more about the actual player side of being evil in a game and how to make sure that that game works and, and how to make it fun, but how to not have the game sort of collapse under the pressure of everybody supposedly having their own agenda and all of that other stuff. Um, so, you know, it's easy, and I've done panels before, on how to be an evil NBC generator. You know, how to make sure your villains in the story, you know, actually has a touch of evil without being too much. Or, you know, making sure that you have permission from your players about, you know, how far you can take things and all that other stuff. But today we want to talk specifically about players. So whether it's your players who want to play evil characters, or you who want to be open to the idea, or you're a player and you're like, I just really am tired of this lawful good bullshit. You know, we want to make sure that you guys maybe get some tools from us, and then we can also hear some thoughts from you uh, about how to have a game that is story-focused and has evil characters and has those moments. Um, and... Uh, uh, oh, there we go. Hey, how are you doing? Say, you come in after 10 o'clock, you got to tell us your name and your favorite <laughs> alignment. Um, my name is Russ, and my favorite alignment is probably Lawful Neutral, actually. Uh, get out. Hey. Well, this is a party about evil guys. I'm not, not sure what's going on but here. I, but I'm open. Uh, I'm sorry, sir. The answer we were looking for was neutral evil. <laughs> so. It has to be in the form of a question. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, welcome, Russ. Um, so, um, I, m- my thoughts are mm-hmm. that, uh, like we talked about yesterday, uh, one of the most important things to recognize, you have to have sort of a goal starting out. If you're going to be an evil character in a game, first, you need to be the unbalancing factor, right? I believe mm-hmm. your, your party has to be either all evil, or you have to have like one or two evil guys, but you can't have like a party of six or eight people and have it be evenly divided, evil, neutral, good. Nobody will get along if everyone's role-playing correctly. If everyone's not role-playing correctly, the alignment doesn't matter, you know, so that's fine if that's how you want to play. No one can tell you how to play, but you're doing it wrong. <laughs> but, but I believe that you need to, to guarantee that you are protagonist and not villains, Right? Uh, it isn't necessarily to me that you have to that the, the villains have to be characterized as more evil than you because that's not necessarily true. Your antagonist might be good people depending on how the game you know is run. But you have to make sure that you are protagonist. The story is circled around you and accomplishing your goals, and you have to help make that story happen because I believe we have a contract. I think Jill has better thoughts about contract than I do, but I just and, and kind of more specific what you yeah. were saying yesterday. But the, the primary contract to me is a GM's job is to make and plan and run and monitor and administrate the game. And the players also need to be proactive and have their own missions and backstories and agendas and stuff. It's very difficult to run a compelling game for six different people if four of those people are just reactionary and waiting for something to happen. You know, in my home game, there are times where, you know, people are a little tired or whatever, and I spend too much time saying, so what do you guys want to do? And what, they're, what they want is me to put some miniatures on a map and then kick their ass for a while. And then that's what they want to respond to. And what I want them to do is tell a story and be invested so they can give me ideas for who to, who's going to kick their ass, right? Because I want to use all of their stuff against them, but also root for them to make a story. So 
So my, my first thought is just this. Um, you, you have to be the protagonist, and you have to be willing to make sure that the other players, just like in any other game, get their moment, get their spot, are able to do the stuff that they want to do. That doesn't mean that you can't be evil or that you can't do things that the other player characters won't do. What's up? Is it too early for questions, or do you... Yeah. Well, so I thought we'd, we'd hear a little bit from our experts, Alan and Jim, and then, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of just answering questions and finding out what you guys' thoughts are and, and all that other stuff. And if you can, if you want, you can tell me about your character, but maybe after this is over, not during. Mm -hmm. So you want me to go over some social contract well, stuff? Yeah, I, I think that's I feel that's like smart. we should open up with that. Okay, so we have plenty of GMs in the room. We have players, and this matters for everyone because the social contract only works when we all follow it. So I have run evil games, I have played evil characters, and the biggest, most important thing is everybody needs to be on board from the start, and everybody needs to be on board to the exact same level from the start. So when we sit down to an evil campaign at my table, I say, first off, there will be no sexual violence in this game, period, from anyone. No NPCs, not from you, not from me, it's not going to happen. And if you have a problem with that, there's the door. That's how it's going to be at this table. And then they have the option to come back and tell me, hey, I'm not okay with like child violence or animal violence or something of that nature as well. And I'm like, okay, those things aren't just, just aren't going to happen. Everybody's fine with that. They're just not going to happen. And we're going to have lots of evil fun, but not over there. And once that agreement is made, as long as everyone follows it, we're going to have a fun evil game. My tables also have what we call basically the X. We put a piece of paper with an X in the middle of the table. If we're in the middle of a scene and this goes too far for you in whatever way, you didn't know that this was going to be too much for you, but it is now, hand on the X, done. That's it. Move over. You don't have to explain. You don't have to tell me what happened. You don't have to tell anybody else why this is done, but it's done. We wrap and we move on. And that keeps it flowing because playing an evil game is not so easy when you find out somebody doesn't like that form of torture and they didn't know it until we got here in this moment in time. So that's my thoughts on the social contract, which needs to be firmly in place for any time you have evil as part of your player characters. Hey, so, Alan, I'm interested in knowing what you think about um, um, the balance between having evil and good characters. You know, paladins have that thing. You know, you can never associate it with an evil character or whatever. But like we talked about yesterday, there are fantastic... How many of you guys have ever read, like, the Dragonlance novels? I mean, they're a little bit older, and you guys are all younger than me, I guess. I'm, wow, I'm the oldest guy in this room. Jesus. All right. So... In the second set of Dragon Novels, one of the best-selling and most popular for a time, one of the best-selling and most popular sets of fantasy novels of all time, there is a guy, Raceland, who is a neutral evil wizard, and he has a sense of compassion and justice for everyone who's downtrodden, because he was a young, wimpy, sickly kid, and that, those are the, that upbringing is what led him to be the exact opposite of his giant, almost paladin-like, you know, burly warrior of a brother. And so as a result, he goes down a pretty twisted path wanting to gain power because he sees it as the only way to make sure that downtrodden receive any measure of justice is if he goes ahead and just takes it on himself to dispense that justice. And then the goody two-shoes churches and the, the dragon princes and all that other stuff, you know, they can all pound sand because I have the power to make sure that it works the way it's supposed to. And as a result, he does some pretty horrible things and exposes himself to lots of necromancy and other bad powers. Well, he's got this thing that he's got to do that requires the soul of evil and working in concert with the soul of good. And so he makes friends with and even dupes this very paladin-like, you know, cleric of light and, and goodness and holiness, and she falls in love with him because she loves his perceived sense of justice, even though she doesn't approve of his, his acts. Well, you can't have that story without one good and one evil and both of them being devoted to it. 
So how do you make sure that that sort of thing is possible or can happen? How can the paladin hang out with the anti-paladin and not violate the paladin's vows or otherwise disrupt the game and make it where we're not really playing with alignments? So anytime a player sits down and wants to make an evil character, you have at least I ask two questions. Why and how? Why do you want to be an evil character? Are you just sick of being the paladin? Or, you know, great. Okay, tell, now tell me how you're going to be evil. Because that will shift the party dynamic. It will shift the balance of, of the story. So part of being the evil character or evil characters is saying, okay, how can we make this fit and still make it fun for everybody. Um, if you're going to sit down and have somebody that's basically Captain America next to, let's say, the Punisher, you know it's going to be it's going to be a rough time for those guys. And you don't want to create player friction, but character friction is fun, right? So, depending on the type of evil or the the the, the way that person is evil, uh, it might work. Thor next to Loki, right, in the Marvel movies, you know, Thor is pretty good, you know. Loki, eh. <laughs> you know, he he, can't, he has the capacity for it, but his methods, much like Raceland's, you know, are very questionable. But they can, you know, unite for the love of their mother. You can unite for the love of their kingdom. Well, so there there is a way to do it, but you have to ask your yourself or, or your your uh, players, like, okay, why and how? Okay, because if you can do that, then it can turn into a cool story. Okay, yeah, this is this is really my my thing. I am this lawful evil uh, cleric. <clears throat> I just happen to follow a god that you know. He every person I murder serves me in the afterlife. Okay, but I'm lawful. I'm not just going to go out and you know shank everybody. Because that'd be rough when we're hanging out in the city next to my buddy, the paladin, or you know, the rogue. The rogue's going to be my best friend. <laughs> but you know, it's that's it, you have to answer those questions. And okay, is in timing is essential as well, because <clears throat> you can play an evil character that's deceptive and you know can hang out, but for whatever reason, and then all of a sudden mutinies on the ship or. Whatever, because that was my plan all along. <laughs> but it's only fun if it's not just in your head. You have to have the help of other people at the table in order to do it. So again, why and how? That that's how that that's the best idea <coughs> to do it. Again, there's a social contract. There's a uh, a cool story idea. Great. Talk to your GM about it. Or talk to your player about it if they if they're if they're doing that. There are several evil campaigns out there that give you like, hey, this is why this is the reason you guys would, you'd be doing that. You know, you can go and be chaotic and you know kill everybody that you meet and every NPC there is, but it's gonna get rough, you know, because of this, 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 and this. Or you can you know go the opposite direction and actually be evil for the sake of good. Evil is good, <laughs> right? It's happening. Yes. Um, I think I understand more when you say why. Um, could you elaborate more on how you would suss out how from a player? Sure. Um, <clears throat> again, I'll, I'll I'll go to 
pop culture, right? Um, can you think of somebody it, that in a movie or whatever is an evil uh, character? Hanging out with a bunch of good people. Hang, hanging out with a bunch of good people. Nope. No. On the spot. Okay. I mean, I, I feel like Loki was a great example. Loki is a good example, right? So he has a capacity for good as long as his motivation is in line, right? So the how is, okay, I am the god of mischief. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help Thor on this quest to go save us from the Dark Elves. Great. But the first chance I get, because I was a prisoner, is I'm going to escape. So I'm going to get it. I'm going to die heroically. And at the end of the movie, I'm going to replace Odin. You know, so that's kind of a how. Another way would be, uh, everybody seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer series? Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Spike. Spike. Everybody's like, yeah, Spike. Okay. <laughs> so evil. However, he's meant he has to do good. Why? Well, he can only punch monsters because there's a chip in his head. How? Yeah, you're, you're that's a how. Evil guy hanging out with the, par- the good people, and how? He's got a chip in his head that says he can't punch humans he's and good collar. people. He's, he's collared. Yeah. So he's, there, you have to there's... have a mechanism that allows the evil to get reined back in. Yeah. And I think you can do that with with either oh, so either game ways. mechanics or just role play and NPCs. Mm-hmm. And commonly, I think you can give uh, you have to give a common goal. Look, if you've got six lawful good players, they all need a common goal anyway to make the game compelling or interesting. Otherwise, they're just sitting there munching chips and trying to step on each other's toes. You know, they need some commonality. That's what makes a good story and a good game, right? Nobody wants to watch a movie where at the end everybody is just sort of like, I don't really care about those people. Right. You know, you want people fighting and dying together. If you can give a reason why the evil guys and the good guys are fighting and dying together and the story is larger than their individual things, but they keep hold of their individual things. I mean, Loki, like you're saying, is always about Loki. Right. If I get a chance to escape, I'm going to get a chance to escape. If I'm going to help Thor, I'm going to save Asgard. Um, hey there, welcome. I'm going to get Thor, I'm going to save Asgard, but I'm also going to lie. And by the time Thor finishes doing all of his stuff, I'm imitating his dad and I'm in charge. Right? And hopefully I can set things up that I can really be in charge and not do a terrible job of it, which he does. You know, by the time he gets back and it's too late and I'm in charge, right? He's always about his thing. But he is also about whatever the common goal of his good companions are. And that sort of creates a how. So you can use mechanics and storytelling and use the common goals of the party to help make it possible, I think, uh, for them both to do their thing separately. As an evil player, you can't just come in and go, I'm going to be against everything this party is doing. If you're like the one evil person, you cannot walk to the table and go, so I know we're all about like saving this kingdom. My entire goal is just burn it down and we're just somehow going to be friends. It's not going to work. You've got to switch your goals. You've got to try. It is not everyone else at the table's job to fit your one idea. You guys are trying to make it all work together. So it's as much on you to shift your goals as it is on them to meet you in the middle. Anytime I play an evil character, I hand someone else at the table my leash. And go, there we go. We're good. At any point in time, this is too much of a thing right now. And I'm like, yeah, this is a bad idea. And I'm just going to go off and do something evil. They'll be like, and reminder that you're doing good right now. Okay, fine. I guess I'm doing good right now. And it keeps everything on track. Can we all just uh, agree that Pinocchio is evil? <laughs> because he needs a Jiminy Cricket, right? Right. Number one, he's a construct. No. Um, so, so yeah. oh, okay. But but that's the thing. Everybody needs a conscience, 
right? Uh, if you are the evil player at the table, why are you hanging out with a bunch of good people? It's like, you know, you show up at the wrong party. Literally. You're like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. And close the door. You actually should have a reason to be there. If it's just like, hey, I'm here because that guy's here. My best friend since, you yeah. know, we were children and he's on this quest. And yeah, I'm kind of a dick, but it's okay. I'm going to help yeah. him kill the guy that killed his father. Yeah, and, and that's that's mm-hmm. usually the case, right? So you, you have a story hook to, to be there. And you can play the evil character that doesn't want to be there. Just don't be a dick about it, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, your character can be, but just l- make sure that you leave that as your character, not as the player, right? So at, at the table, again, there's character friction, which is fun and healthy and comes up with cool stories that you tell forever. And then there's player friction, which is the biggest landmine in playing an evil character. All right? downhill so Yeah, it, it, goes, it goes bad real quick. You know, if you, if you show up uh, in an instance where you show up and you're the evil character amongst the evil characters, but you're a little bit more evil than everybody else, that too gets rough. We have a wonderful story about that of an evil campaign that was being run. And everybody, the four people started, they all figured out how it worked. They were like, okay, anti-paladins, the Hell Knight, he's in charge. We're all on board with that. We all have our own goals, but we all also want power. As long as we kind of work together, our power grows. As long as you don't step on my toes, I won't step on your toes. And we all know that if we find a magical tome, it belongs to that person. And that's fine. We've all got our own goals. We've all agreed to work together. And this is, this is working. One more character joined who was one or two notches more evil than everyone else, and the game ended two sessions later because it all went to hell because we were not on the same page of what evil was in our game and the evil we were playing. So even when you're a full evil campaign, you still have to find your balance so that all of your evil works together. I like how when you say evil, you really gesture a heart. (laughs) (laughs) We all know. It's a black heart. It's a black heart. So it's like... uh, yeah, you can roleplay the evil league of evil. Mm-hmm. You can't. But, you know, there are different, you know, levels and tiers of, of, like, your brand, your flavor, let's say, of evil. Right? We all like ice cream, but we all like different flavors of ice cream. Okay, well, I might not like Rocky Road, because I think that marshmallows and ice cream are an abomination. Okay, great, but you like it. Can we agree that chocolate's good? <laughs> that's that's kind of how... You, you still have to have a compromise mm-hmm. uh, in order for it to keep going. Now, if you want to, you know, destroy a, a group or something like that, yeah, go ahead. You know, just, just go in there and just, you know, rape and pillage and you know, violate every social contract that is. It might be easier the, just to play Monopoly with those people, though, yeah. and be done with it. <laughs> It'll take a lot less time. Or you can play Diplomacy and never oh, talk yeah. to them ever again. Yeah, there you go. Diplomacy and you'll never see them again. They will leave the state. Yeah. Diplomacy wow. is, is the definition of I, awful. I like diplomacy. diplomacy. I like Diplomacy too. I just don't play with people I like. Oh, okay. <laughs> it does sort of force you to lie to people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So a couple of interesting thoughts. Uh, first is uh, uh, 
uh, a couple, I want to combine something that you two talked about because I think it's important to mention and I, and I think can be a lot of fun. You're talking about the X and how that's a point when a player can say, no, that's enough. This is the moment where I've, I've had my fill of evil and uh, we need to I've bring it back it or quit I've used the GM it. before as well. Sure, sure. It's for uh, everyone at the table. Absolutely. But what's important is that's for the people, the people in the room. It is mm-hmm. not necessarily, it's not for the characters, right? Right. Yes. And you said that... People player on player friction is not fun, but yeah. character on character friction is fun, yeah. and it's important to know when you to, to get a feel for when you can draw the distinction. I got to put my hand on the X. This is too far for Steve, and 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 in reality, there's not really much that's too far for Steve <laughs> as long as the terminology used is not you know uh, uh, crass or gratuitous. You know, I don't mind it being really really dark. And even there being a few details, as long as it's too much. Once we get the idea that there was some kind of sexual violence or that somebody was, you know, torturing kids, and you know, that makes your villain bad. Yeah. And once you can sort of hint that my guy is that evil, you know, I mean, I- I'm famine. Come on, I starve people to death. I use economics to create warfare because my goal is to end all life of the entire universe. I feel like there's really nothing I won't do, right? Mm-hmm. But at a point at which the player's like, I've had enough, that doesn't mean the character necessarily had enough, and you have to be able to gauge. What would my character do in this situation versus I, I'm, I am out? You know, And if I am out, we're all friends. The point is we need to wrap up the scene and move on. The, the, or The, the, the fade to black. You yeah, know, we know what's to, going on. We don't yeah. need to carry it. Or, bring, or just dial the yeah. terminology back to a place where we, we can all be more comfortable. I'm sorry, guys, but this is where it's got to go. But your characters have to respond the way the characters would because that's good storytelling. And if you don't have good storytelling, then all you're doing is you're playing a miniature tactical game, and that's fun if that's what you want to do. Nobody can tell you how to play, but you're doing it wrong. So, the other thing is this. I do believe, you talk about why and how at the outset when people talk about playing an evil game, but I'm also a big fan of transitional storytelling. You know, um, How many of you have seen the movie 8mm? Yeah. Okay. 8mm is a very dour story. It's probably, in my opinion, Nicolas Cage's best acting, which I realize there's not a lot of a long list. I'm not defending Nicolas Cage. But in that movie, he actually goes through a pretty good transition of nice guy, P.I., who lives in kind of a gritty world and discovers that shit is just far worse than he ever knew. And at some point, he decides the only way to even the score and to stop something is to go vigilante and murder a guy who's committed heinous crimes, snuffing films and all snuff films and all that stuff, right? And in that movie, I think it tells a pretty good story of a person's descent from being mostly human to joining the monstrosities that he realizes now that he's surrounded by. And that sort of transition from being a decent human being to being an indecent human being who feels like he's got to be as bad as everybody around him just to even the score, I feel like he does a pretty good job. Oh, and yeah. the, the transitional orientation of the storytelling is what's amusing. I don't care about, actually, the, the story's not that great, the villains aren't that good, they're kind of just pat, weird, crazy guys you know, who wear leather masks and kill people. Right? There's not that much definition or storytelling. The value in that movie for me is his descent from one thing to another and watching it go. You know, when you watch characters grow in a TV show, we we love watching the show over the cast of Sansa Stark, right? We love watching the transition from being one thing to being another. And while Sansa Stark is never evil, and you can't say anything about the last episode, so I haven't seen it yet. So if you do, I will go evil on you. So, <laughs> okay, <clears throat> but. The transition from naive girl who th- who thinks the fairy tales are all true and real and possible to, you know, to who Sansa Stark becomes, you know, willing to lie, manipulate, cheat, entertain the ideas because that's what it takes to rule all that stuff. The transition is what we love about that story. And I think the same thing can happen to evil characters, right? Mm-hmm. I can start off as a pretty good guy who gets pushed too far. And if I tell the story right, you don't really see the levels of slip off into turning into the lawful evil guy instead of the lawful good paladin. And we say Paladin too often. There's lots of lawful good characters and concepts, and Paladin is not the only you know, home for that, right? Yeah. But 
if you can't really see the gradation, but you can tell the difference between the beginning of the game and where we are now, that has just gone this way because of how those events have been, that's good storytelling, and I think it can and it can it can make you cry, yeah, because you can miss who this person used to be, but this is who we ended up with. And I think one of the most compelling tropes in movies and literature is the person who's gone too far and can't double down. You know, can't can't go back has a double down on what they've been because it's all been too much. Um, who's read or seen The Stand? The Stephen King novel? Lots of folks, okay. So, you know, the, I can't remember his name because it's been such a long time, but the guy who becomes the right-hand man of the walk-in dude, he gets his choice. They, they And they broadcast, and it, it's more subtle in the novel, but in the TV show, there's a, there's a moment where, like, you realize you guys are going to lose, and this guy is evil. And he's like, I know, but I own too much. I can't get away from it. I can't do anything, right? This is my lot in life. Right, he's he's descended to that point, and he can't go back. And I think that that's very powerful. So having a, a transition also to evil can be really really cool. But you still have to do the same thing. And I believe you almost have to pre-plan it. Right? I know I'm a big fan of things being organic, and that's the way the story goes. That's how you follow it, as long as you have trust. But to a degree, if you come to me at the beginning of a game and say, or if you come to me in the middle of a game and say, hey, I want to change my alignment, I just want to. You know, I'm going to prefer that you come to me at the beginning of the game so we can tell that story. Because now I have to rearrange some things, right? And I, I plan my stories years in advance, and I don't, I don't like rearranging stuff. <laughs> it gives you a little bit of plot armor, which I admit. But yeah, you, you poor, know. poor soul. I know. I yeah, know. <laughs> I'll figure this out when we sit down today. What's going on? So, so those thoughts being having been given, I think we, we should we should open it up and take some questions. I think so too. And we'll just take turns answering questions and giving thoughts. If there's a question that you're excited about, it doesn't matter if you just answered one. Jump out there because we want to know what you guys think. Mm-hmm. And uh, but you ask about questions first. So let's go with you. But you got to give us your name and your favorite alignment, though. Okay, uh, my name is Ryan, and my favorite alignment. I don't know if I have a favorite. I like oh, my God. <laughs> Did you not learn from Russ? Let's just say neutrally. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in the beginning, you were uh, talking about um, party composition of alignments, and we just glossed over a statement that you made about, um, in your experience, uh, evil characters work best when either there's, they're like the only evil character in the party, or all of them are evil. Sure. The, the 50-50 split, or the, the mixed bag of alignments doesn't work. Can you talk a little bit more about uh, in your experience, why that didn't work? So one thing that we we've uh, I think we've hinted at, and we've sort of said with with subtext several times, but that needs to be stated just bluntly, is if you're going to have evil in a game among the player characters, you have to have trust. I have to be able to trust that you're telling a compelling story. Otherwise, I'm not going to put up with your BS or your shenanigans. You know, Raceland has to have trust that she's going to be faithful and do the thing. Otherwise, he doesn't have any use for her criticism or for the shame that she sort of brings him by being in love with him. Right? She has no use for him at all if his character is not what she thinks it is. You know, and she's just putting up with the evil because she thinks there's good at the end. There's no reason for Luke to go after Vader if he doesn't believe and trust that he can come out and get the result that he wants. Right? Mm-hmm. You have to have that trust or the story isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, is flatly, I don't trust most people that don't have a little bit of experience doing it. Jason Eric Nelson, what is your favorite alignment? Sorry, man. Yeah, yeah. Jason is sorry he's late. <laughs> that doesn't answer the question. It did not answer the question. I think don't he's giving himself push, time. Buddy. He's nervous. He, doesn't, he knows there's a right answer and doesn't know which one to give. But if you think right. about it. What did you ask? What? What is your favorite alignment? Well, what are you even doing here? Oh, I'm pouting all the time. When I'm playing, when I'm GMing, mm-hmm. 
So we were just asking a question. We're, we're talking about the balance between, and in my opinion, it's better if you have evil characters in a party that everybody is evil or like one person is evil. And if you mix bag it too much, you get a whole lot of non-compelling stories where nobody trusts or knows each other and they're not really working together. And I think that trust is an important thing. And I flatly typically don't trust like four people to be evil and two people to be good without it turning into zero alignment play. Right then, it becomes Eberron, where the alignment doesn't really matter, and nobody cares, and nobody's keeping score. And everyone's chaotic neutral. And everyone's really chaotic, <laughs> chaotic neutral, neutral because the game, the, I mean, Eberron system, systemically in three point five rewarded that kind of play. You want to play chaotic neutral as a paladin? There are no penalties, and you're going to get stuff done, right? So, to me, the reason it's important that you only have one player is first a little bit. I mean, I, re- I realize it sounds a little bit, I don't know, selfish or whatever, but I trust myself to tell the evil story to fit into everybody else's pieces. Because as a, typically, most of the time on the GM, so when I'm playing, I want everybody's story to work out the way they want because that's, first of all, my inclination as GM. But secondly, I want to be able to maneuver my guy into that situation. And I'll manipulate events, and I'll commit acts in character that the other people won't and all of that other stuff. That's the GM right? you're saying. As a GM or as the, or as the evil player. Okay. But if you put me in an evil party with three evil guys and three good guys, mm-hmm. I just know from experience it doesn't work because we don't have the same level of storytelling. Now the evil guys are bumping into each other trying to keep secrets from each other, but also trying to blackmail each other. I mean, it just doesn't work that way. There's, because there's too much friction. There it just is. ends up being too much yeah. in character and out of character. In character friction's fun to a point before it just starts spilling out. Right. And what I, what I, what I find is in those situations where you have like a more mix of alignments, um, you end up people just sort of glossing over details for the sake of keeping the story going. And I don't like that. That's lazy storytelling to me. And it's just shaping the dialogue so that nobody asks questions. And I'm not fond of that because then we're, we're sort of doing our characters a dishonor. Mm-hmm. If you're a lawful good uh, you know, cleric of light and healing and sun, mm-hmm. and I'm going around town spreading disease, but we're supposed to be allies, you're not putting up with that. Mm-hmm. It's the antithesis of everything you actually believe, and I am literally your villain, mm-hmm. right? And so, again, we need to be protagonists, not villains, mm-hmm. as evil PCs. And so that's why I don't think that the, 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 that mix of players. I just, basically, I don't trust most people to communicate on a level, mm-hmm. and I think it requires too much upkeep. So it's easier whenever only one person is doing it, or when everybody is already on the same page. Yeah, there's a level of fundamental trust because you know, look, it's a team game. We're all playing a sit around the table together, so we all have to cooperate. We all have to buy in at the same level, mm-hmm. and that means everyone has to come with shared expectations. You guys were talking last night when we were talking about the social contract mm-hmm. in evil focus games. How important that is at the player level, but also in the party level. Because fundamentally, if I'm that level of cleric peeling, why would I want to put my faith and trust in the life of the freaking you know? anti-paladin of the seas. I wouldn't touch you with a 10-foot pole. Why would we go around together? Mm-hmm. Hey, characters aren't necessarily dumb. It's like, I don't know what you're all about. Let's just go our separate ways unless I just kill you now. Right? There's really no reason that you would want to go on my defense. If you ever been in the military, I haven't, but I've got plenty of friends and, and people with my sphere. Went up. You have to have faith and trust in the people that you're going to like the situations with. And that's what adventuring is. It's murder hoboing. But you're just like to get murdered as any other hobo. <laughs> so let me just interject there and say I despise murder hoboing. I, as, even though I love stories about evil characters, even though I love my 
my villains, I mean, my villains are architects. They plan things. They're they're going to be that way. They have their loose cannons as lieutenants or whatever. And I and I know that maybe sometimes that's a little bit lazy storytelling, but I just like it that way. I just you know the loose cannons are the people who get things done on the local level and set things on fire and and burn the orphanage and all that stuff. But the real villain is either the person that you don't suspect in the first year of the campaign, or it's the person that you just can't quite get your fingers on, and you know that they're dirty. But they're the person. And I like it the same way with, with the PCs. You know, yeah, Steve's probably up to no good. Yeah, Steve says he's probably building like this criminal underworld empire, you know, but we're not sure exactly what he's up to to get that done. Because he sends most that. of that stuff in email. Right. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I think we should open up to a new question. But I, I mean, I just feel like that the real issue comes down to whether or not people, human beings, who are, by nature are largely mostly neutral with some elements of good, aren't really evil and therefore aren't really going to be good and crafty about hiding or, or mixing in what they do with the rest of the party. Thank you. Who's next? No questions. <laughs> I'm just going to throw out one thing, which is even if you're having evil characters, remember this very important rule, I'm a dick is not an alignment. The same thing with Murder Hoboy, right? I want my evil characters. My evil characters are always up to a thing. We have an agenda. There's a thing that we're doing. Whatever we do might be evil in service to that. But we are not just... I I mean, I'm I'm just not a big fan of that chaotic neutral slash chaotic fun type of play where evil is my excuse to just not really have to pay attention to the story. Let's go burn it. Nothing will will piss me off or get your character killed faster than you don't really have an alignment. You're just here to roll dice and you don't care about the in-character consequences of your actions. If you just rationalize away, wait, wait, I've I've got a friend and his belief is chaotic fun is his favorite alignment. He doesn't really. He's he's there to escape. He's there to roll dice and fight stuff and he doesn't really care. And one time during a game where we were supposed to play uh, I was playing an evil character, and they were playing kind of neutral characters who were rebels against uh, uh, the government or whatever. They, he, they, he, there's a curfew, and he dresses up as a guard to go out, but then he gets busted, and then he doesn't have his papers, and then the guards don't recognize him, so he kills them. And I'm like, well, I mean, you said you weren't evil, but now it looks like we're on the same side. And he's like, oh, right, because killing evil guards at 2 o'clock in the morning is evil. And I'm like... Yes, it is. <laughs> it doesn't matter that they serve an evil empire and that you're against it. It doesn't matter that they oppress your race. They were just doing their job and you didn't know them, so you killed them on the assumption. Or you killed them because you got busted doing the thing you were doing. It was his own motivations that really... That's exactly correct. That was an evil act, and what he did was evil. He murdered people. Now, maybe he doesn't like the government. Maybe the government's corrupt, and maybe that guy is all on board. You know, Maybe that guy has never copped the I was just doing my job excuse. There's no more he, stress in him. He just... like. Oh, yeah, there my way, and I'll just. That's exactly right, and he did, and he never gave it a second thought because really, when that guy sees gaming, he sees the matrix. Everything is a set of numbers, statistics, hit dice, and all that, and he's less story oriented than other people. And we're players, so he can do what he wants, and I don't care, and I'm not going to tell him how to play, but he's doing it wrong. I, I, I cop that joke all the time. I know you guys are into that. It's but basically your catchphrase. It is. Yeah. It is well, and you're all going to die, and I'm not sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, new question. Okay. Yeah. Um, so just to, just to preface well, the question. Jeff. I, let's go. What's your favorite alignment? Lawful evil. Because <laughs> there must be order. And it may as well be your order. Oh, I mean, as long as it's my order, you're correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, okay, we can be friends. You can you may continue with your question. Thank you. Um, so uh, ha- having having you know done done evil campaigns and, and written certain evil pregens for a certain evil adventure path at one point in time. Um, the, uh, the the thing I, I find that's that's 
a, a good thing to have with evil characters is, I mean, they're evil, so you really can't empathize with them because, I mean, there's a division there. But, I mean, you should be able to sympathize, to, to have some sort of understanding of, of the characters' motivations, knowing that, yeah, okay, I can see why they went there. I wouldn't necessarily agree with it. Um, and I find that that helps to bridge that gap when you have, like, one evil character and, you know, a bunch of non. How, how do you, what do you think is the best way to, to, to provide that sort of sympathy, that sort of, you know, well, this person isn't a complete waste of humanity, so why don't we just kill them now and get a new person on the roster? How do you, how do you generate that sympathy with the, with the well, just before I, uh, just before you, I just want to point out one thing. We we haven't covered this, and I believe it's important to recognize: evil characters have human emotions, or demi-human emotions, or however you want to say it. Right? Evil characters can be loyal. They can fall in love. They can have brotherhood, you know, or mm-hmm. sisterhood, or whatever. They they can be who we are. They're just willing to do things that we're not willing to do to get what they need. And I right? have a wonderful character that we'll all recognize: Thanos. After you see the first Avengers movie, Get out of my head. you cannot say <laughs> that you don't have empathy and sympathy for what he was going through and why he was doing what he was doing. We don't agree with what he was doing, but we completely understand and almost feel bad for him about why he was doing I do not have an element of almost feel bad, but he does have human emotions and wanted to save his planet. He feels tremendous well, loss. He can't save that everyone. Point, yeah. On that point, it's it's he is the protagonist of that movie. Yes, yes he is. So the that's the thing. Yes, he's not the hero, he's the protagonist. Yeah, yeah because he, he loves, loves death and he right. wants to make an impression on her, right? Yeah. yeah, and they switched it for the movie and it read to a much wider audience that way, I think. Yeah, so the the thing that you're talking about, like how how to make your uh, uh, your players or make the evil person compelling. Um there are several ways to do it, and Thanos is a good uh, uh, is is a, a good kind of prototype or you know example of it. The only reason it works is because he explains himself. No this secrets. is why I'm doing it. This is the reason. Every really good villain thinks they're the good guy. Every real villain's like, no, no, this is the way it works. <coughs> Why? Because will thank me in the end. Yeah, <laughs> basically, and I, I will, I will, will be be worshipped by a grateful universe. That's the thing. It's like, no, this is this is the only way. Because look at what happens when it doesn't work this way, right? And that's again using Thanos as the example. It's like, look, this is Titan. I told him to do this. Now look at it. Uh, okay. Listen, I've, I've done my best. I'm trying to raise you so you can see see this. Now, you know, now I got to push you off this cliff. And he actually you know? regrets not being more, you know, evil in the yeah, beginning. In the like, beginning, I, le- I let this happen. It's all my fault. So, and a, and a lot of times, a lot of times, regret is the emotion you want to to have in a villain. Like, no, I'm, and, and kind of like that. It has to be this way. You know, I. I was you, and that's that's the biggest one. I like using that one. I was you, you know. Um, James Earl Jones in the very first Conan movie mm-hmm. is a completely different villain in the beginning of the movie, in the middle of the movie, and then even at the end, right? So he, to me, Conan stays the same in that movie, you know. But that villain is very compelling. He's like, no, oh yeah, oh he has a great line. He says, uh, "What did I say to you?" Sounds like something I would have said in my youth. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he outright says, uh, I was once like you. Yeah, I was once like you. Yeah. Finding the riddle of steel. Yeah, yeah. And the flesh is strong, right? That's the, the, the thing, though, is as you, as you think out your villains, think out your, your evil characters, a lot of it comes from the transition that Steve was talking about. Like, oh, what pushed him that far or her that far? What, what made them decide this is the only true course of action? And then having those little clues in your campaign pop up, like, oh, there used to be this hero that did this, blah, blah. You know, has everybody uh, played Knights of the Old Republic or heard of it? Yeah. <laughs> so the, you find out that there's a really bad person that was running around the universe. Doing horrible things. Doing horrible things. And it's been 20 years, so I'm going to go ahead and spoil it for you. <laughs> it, it was you. You went through a whole mind-wipe situation. You're, you're finding clues about this horrible person. You're like, oh, it was me. And then you get to choose. Like, so you get, you get, there's, a cho- there's a point where you choose. Did I go too far? Am I just going to continue on this path? Or, you know, there's, there's a point where you, you just say, okay, I'm going to go this way instead. And specifically, back to your question of how to get a player linked in in that situation, is if someone tells me they want to play Eva, I'm like, cool, I need you to make three separate connections with the party. I need you to go and do that, go talk to everybody, and tell me why you like this person, why you trust this person with your life, and why you are loyal to this person's goal that fits inside of your little evil Montoff. And then, sure! No problem, because now you are hooked into these people, and they are hooked into you, and that's why we're gonna keep going. I do a little, I do a fun little exercise every once in a while with my games, or uh, I call it pass it to the left. Oh, I hate pass it to the left. <laughs> so. You need to put a rule on pass it to the left, <laughs> because I've sat down with pass it to the left, which is clear. This is a role playing thing, and not like a yeah. <laughs> you take a piece of paper. And you take a character sheet and you hand it to the left, and then they write down like how they know you. Mm-hmm. They, they, how they feel about that character. How they feel about that character. Or how, how that character feels about them. Yeah, That's they write that down. However, I have sat at the table where it came back to me, and apparently I'm in love with every asshole here. And I'm like, no. That's not happening. Nah. So there should really be rules in place for that particular game. I feel like in that game, what happens is you become the evil one. Yeah. <laughs> those mofos, yeah, and there you go. Well, it, it's it's one of those those things where again, it's a social contract, mm-hmm. and uh, what they're what your players are telling you is what I want out of this interaction with this other character. So it, if you're playing an evil campaign, that's your that's your branch, your 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 tie in, your bridge, you know, to the other character. Why am I hanging out here? You know, uh, what was a again? I, I keep on going back to the MCU for some reason, but the reason the Avengers works is because everybody unites against, yes, the one villain, but there are so many little, you know, little tie-ins and little, you know, spotlights on, I don't like you, but I'll work with you. You know, or, hey, I respect you, bro. You know, it's the thing, you know, and everybody is tied together by the helicarrier, right? Nick Fury gathering them all together. So you usually need that too. So everybody has, you know, a tie-in, and then even if something goes really, really bad, you know, you have, you know, Civil War happen, where you have Cap on one side and Iron Man on one side, something insane like Thanos shows up, 
okay, uh, we can put that aside. We can work together for this story. And that's really the that's really the, the, the why we're all here, right? Is to tell a good story, to be able to to have compelling characters and compelling villains and just uh, something that again we can talk about for years on end. Mm-hmm. And so, in order to do that, you have to kind of tap into the humanity, the why of everything. And I mean, the how is done mechanically or you know, mm-hmm. however you want, but it's 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 really the why that's important. So if you sit down and you want to play an evil character, ask yourself why this person is evil. And again, you create that compelling nature. Like, no, okay, this is this is the only way. And you could be good doing evil, right? There, there's plenty of stories, even at this con that I heard about, you know, the, the person's going around with their grandfather's sword, right? And, oh, the sword is forged in hell. You know, <laughs> you know? Oh, I've been I've been you know fighting and doing good, and I'm a champion for good with uh, this evil sword. Oops, sorry. Yeah. And uh, for evil PCs, if you're gonna play one, use betrayal very sparingly. Yeah. Just thought of that there. I've I've been the evil character that nobody knew was evil that in the last session turned out to be super evil and did things, um, but. I knew we were playing this little dungeon delve module to the top of a tower. I knew that we were eight sessions and that's all it was. And I asked my GM in advance. That's a situation where betrayal worked out. We got a ninth session where everyone tried to kill me. It was great. But um, that doesn't work without a lot of pre-planning. You can't just sit down and tell everybody at the table and the GM, no, I'm good. I'm just playing this like really just kind of neutral guy who's with the party and everything's great and then later be like ha 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 it was me all along I did it because all you did was break trust at the table uh, you told me this and then you didn't do it and that that can be hard especially if you know these people I didn't know these guys they just were uh, people who annoyed me in college so yeah they had told me on many occasions my role playing was ruining their game so I did not have much sympathy for them <laughs> they, they very much did deserve it and I was like um I'm an engine I'm an engineering major and you're all like airplane majors and golf management majors, you really want to tell me that my role-playing is ruining this math game? Because I could use the numbers to ruin your game instead. <laughs> but, but that's that's the thing, though, is, right? It's, it's a social contract. Mm-hmm. So things like betrayal, you know, it, it's hard to be a rogue because it, standing in the back row because look at all these inviting backs. <laughs> right? No, it's... Why do we have a rogue? Traps, <clears throat> Right, traps, doors, okay, but even the names, it's like, why are you here? You're you're literally a thief, mm. you know, most times. Thief you know. call. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you're like, why, why are you hanging out with this paragon of good? Because uh, he doesn't like doors. Whatever. <laughs> no. Why are you here? And there's so many answers to that question. Yeah. Because be. sometimes there's things he won't do that have to be done. Exactly. From the perspective. And and that's and that's the thing. It, sometimes, you know, the best thing or the the most good you can do is to turn away while your friend does the thing that he does best. Sometimes that's a compelling thing, mm-hmm. right? Being the good character that has to go. 
at the answer. I'll, I'll be back in ten minutes. <laughs> and what is being evil? Right. So, you know, the, the why, your motivation is your most important thing. But the method is important, too. Yeah. Because lots of people have lots of different, you know, versions and variations of what being evil is. It's not just for player characters, but for villains you create in your campaign. Yes. They should all have motivation, and their actions should flow from that. But you should also understand, what is the method? What are they actually doing? And what are the means that they have at their disposal to do the thing? They can have a great plan, mm-hmm. but if they're sitting in mom's basement yeah. <laughs> with a bag of potato chips, they're not going to accomplish very much. So think about how it is that you, know, you as a player or you as GM and your villain, how they can actually do their evil, what I'm going to accomplish. And importantly, there should be milestones. It's not all about the grand betrayal at the end of everything. Yeah. What are the steps along the way so that the other players, or if you're the GM, the players can see the evil unfolding? Because mm-hmm. like I said, Thanos told everyone about his plan mm-hmm. all the damn time. Mm-hmm. He also accomplished this. Had a setback here, worked around it, mm-hmm. accomplished that. And so at every stage, the heroes felt the mounting dread of, oh my goodness, we thought we contained him here, but we didn't. And now it's coming, and now it's coming. And if you want the evil to mean something, those milestones are important because you've got to show it happened. So the method is important for that social contract to make sure that everyone's on the same page of what evil really is. But motivation, your methods, your means and resources for actually doing it, and the milestones to show what happening so that small victories can happen along the way. Hey, evil was thwarted here, mm-hmm. but the backup plan happens over there. Or yeah. it turns out you discovered there were three evil things going on at the same time, and yes, yeah. you did stop one of them, but holy cow, in the city across the sea, he already did this, yeah. and now there's another thing which is going on over here, which we probably can't get to in time, yeah. so you race to it, and now you're dealing with aftermath, and you're trying to catch up to it. It shouldn't always be 20 steps ahead of you, but being able to say, okay, we won this round, but then what's next? is important in making any sense of evil or menace or conspiracy, however you want to dice it up, to really feel like it's dynamic and flowing. I think I think we should take another question, but I just want to remark on it real quick. It is one, important strategically, tactically, as evil players or as the GM with a villain for you guys to keep the good guys busy or distracted, right? Always make that a part of your planning, especially if you are an architect-type thinker for your villains, like kind of like I am, right? So always, always have a thing that's going to keep them busy while you're actually doing what you want to do. If you, if you, the only reason Thanos can just say, well, my goal is to collect these six impossible things and then destroy all life, you know, half the life in the universe, and none of you can stop me, the only reason he can say that is because he's legit unstoppable. He is inevitable. He believes that about himself, and he doesn't care who knows it, right? right? That thing, the dread he instills by being that guy, is it? But most people aren't like that. Most of the time, the thing that you want to do needs to happen over here while everybody else is over here dealing with the thing you threw them. And that's super helpful whenever you were a GM because it's great storytelling, and it will make your players you know, hate and fear your villain more. And it's also useful whenever you're, you're a player because you need to get a, away with the thing that you want to get away with, and you also need to feed them some sort of bone, you know? And it doesn't always have to be an evil act. I went and I did this thing for you guys, and you may not approve of my methods. Also, while I was doing that, I made a few connections with the people that I spared, and uh, now they work for me, and now they're dealing my heroin or whatever, right? But, but give them something to think about that is not your overall goal, 
and have either some level of either secrecy or diversion because that's an important tactical tool to make sure that you can accomplish what you want before somebody just heads straight out to try to stop you. Right. Because that uh, will help keep the campaign going. Another another fun thing to do for those of you that are GMs is to uh, have the players realize that they are the bad guys. That's always a fun one. <laughs> it's a, oh, I, you know, again, it's 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 one it's another betrayal idea, but it's not. It's a betrayal. Uh, that's well, not the just, GM's supposed to betray you. Yeah. That's fine. The GM can betray you. Just, it, it's it, a player uh, character. It's, it's you a, should <laughs> use it more sparingly with your friends. <laughs> right. But it's, it's a betrayal as far as like, oh, my code, you know, my, my the laws that I go by are wrong. That's always a that's always a good, fun, compelling thing. Like, you know, I had a party once that, you know, did the best that they could all the time. And they they did the thing and they did this and they saved the kid. Great. Oh, by the way, that kid's the Antichrist. Oh, uh, like but it's a kid. <laughs> so let's take a TV show's website. There's a show called Genre Savvy, where you kind of know how things go. But yeah. there's also one called Wrong Genre Savvy. Yes. Where you're following the tropes of what you think the story is, and you're like, oh, no, I'm actually in a horror movie. Yes. <laughs> Not an action comedy. Yeah. Right. And it, all of a sudden, everything you did has all gone sideways. Yeah. And that's always fun, too. It, that's, that's, you know, evil adjacent. So we probably have time to take one more question. Yep. We've got about five minutes, plus I don't know if there's a panel right after. Oh, five okay, minutes. Five We're being minutes. told so. five minutes. So we have five minutes. Who's got a question? No, five minutes when the next panel is supposed to start. No, no. Which is uh, our next panel. What? No, I know that. Go ahead. Okay. So you weren't late to this one. You were early to the next one. If somebody else has a quick uh, question, go ahead. Yeah. I did not see a hand. Is there some really? Uh, oh. I just wanted to say, like, I think I really learned a lot from the panel because, I mean, we had an incident uh, where... We just couldn't figure out, like, one player wanted to play an evil character, but we couldn't figure out, like, why it just didn't feel right. (laughs) Like, it didn't feel right, um, like, how would they fit in with the party, and and then we started playing, and it was just kind of like they were kind of off doing their own thing, and I think um, what I've learned from the panel is, like... um, Ha- making sure that they understand their personal motivation and mm-hmm. um, their, the connection that they have to the characters that they're playing with uh, is, is very important. And um, also having a goal. I think that those two things were, were slightly there, but not like strong enough to really be hooked into the story and mm-hmm. play style of, of everyone in the room. Um, I really also like uh, love the idea of like trust and consent um, that that um, you talked about. So role playing is trust right. exercise. What's up? Yes. What's your what's your favorite line? Um, I actually really in, I really <laughs> like um, anti villains like. Um, I don't know if I have a. I don't, I don't think of things in alignment. Sure. I suppose. I think of them as like individual characters, yeah. but like an- anti-villains, I'd say. Punisher wow. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where um, you know, something like a Thanos or bad a guys doing good. Like, the operative in serenity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> bad guys yeah. doing yeah. good. Yeah. That guy's amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like um, Avatar: The Last Airbender. Like one of the best characters is. Um, She's good for different reasons, but I wouldn't call her an anti-hero. She just wants she just wants her dad to love her. Yeah, she does. She definitely does. 
All right, well, that's pretty much the time that we have. We've got three minutes to spare, but uh, thank you guys for coming, and it was a lot of fun. Hope you have a great evening. Just a quick reminder, you can get yourself just uh, a whole afternoon full of violence if you'll attend uh, one of the Grimmer Space events. Yeah, um, I'll kill you. Go, go see how that thing goes. Let Jill kill you. She's excellent at it. She won't kill you too early, so you'll no. have plenty of time, you know, no. to be terrified. And uh, come by at, uh, where, where's the next uh, uh, Depths of Desperation? Uh, it is in Olympic 3. Olympic yeah, 3 at 1 o'clock. You can come by, see if we've got seats for you, and we'll give you super powerful characters and then murder them. Yeah, I got, I got Olympic 1 at 12. Uh-oh. Well, just die within an hour and come see us. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have, other, any of you have one tip on um, how to get consent from a group where there may or may not be an single evil character in the party, right? Like, so... You know, I just want to spring it on them, like you said, or whatnot, but I, of course, ask them, but... Yeah, well, um, you're going to have to have an actual frank and blunt conversation. Yep, yep. So, the way the world works is when you have good communication, shit tends to go your way, and Mm -hmm. when you have bad, it doesn't. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, if if this is something you really want to do, then everybody needs to sit down and they need to have a blunt and frank conversation with no secrets about it. Mm -hmm. We have have a rule called open secrets Mm -hmm. in our tables. Mm -hmm. Everybody at the table knows, but we're going to pretend we don't. Player knowledge and character knowledge are separate. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that allows you to go, okay, well, my player knows this is happening, but mm-hmm. my character doesn't, mm-hmm. it's actually fun to role-play that. Mm-hmm. And you go like, oh, okay, well, I'll help you do get this MacGuffin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When the player knows, oh, he's gonna, you need that for your quest, right? Awesome, man, let's do it. Yeah. And then, you know, the uh, back, the, the person that's evil is like, yeah, I've fooled the rubes. Gonna steal it yeah. when they're all sleeping or something. And, and I think, yeah. I, I think it's... it's it can't be understated how important it is to have the open communication. Mm-hmm. As far as like a material like clue or hint as how to get it done, mm-hmm. what I uh, would do is I would make sure that whatever is going to happen is going to please the other players. Yeah. So it needs to be a story element that they all think, man, that was that was cool. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. And <coughs> okay, we can let this ride and see where the story's going because we yeah. want to see how it plays out. And as long as you can make sure that uh, yeah, everybody's having a good time. Mm-hmm. Then, then I think that's how you get everyone's consent, and you also create trust for the next time somebody wants to do that, yeah. right? And and you model success for it, right? Yeah. That way, the next person that wants to try it doesn't just like go down in flames. And now, you know, congratulations, you got to be evil that one time, but we're not going to let that happen anymore because yeah. everyone else sucks. And, cool. and, and ask questions of yeah. your players. You know, it's like that, like the person playing the, that wants to play the evil character. Ask them why would your evil character even be with this group? Mm-hmm. You know what? 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 You know. Uh, you know. Other than you wanting to screw up their plans by going, "Ha ha, I'm evil." What? Mm-hmm. what you know. What? Are you, what are your motivations to actually be with them? Yeah. What do they get? What do you get out of being with them that isn't good? You're not going to get with a bunch of th- evil thugs like yourself. Yeah. yeah. And likewise, why would you people even put up with this person? Yeah. <laughs> right. The wise. So get the connections. Of the how is fun. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, sure. You sure. You guys have a great time. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, if you're evil enough, having people who won't murder you in your sleep is.